the Evolve podcast inspired by you, where we interview people we are truly inspired by in hopes they can do the same for you. I am today's host, Kaylee Carew, and during our first episode, I chat with qualified personal trainer, entrepreneur, model, influencer, and founder of Schmar Fitness, Will Schmar. He bears it all, sharing with us his life story, the launch of his first business, and the ups and downs that have happened along the way. Let's get into it. We are now live, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Welcome, Will. How are Thank you today? You. I'm good. I'm feeling really good today. How are you? I'm good. Is the red good. wine just making you a bit relaxed? Just ready to... I love red wine. Love a bit of red? Okay, so first question I want to ask you is, how would you introduce yourself to someone who's never met you before? Okay, wow. Straight into it. <laughs> I would say I'm a nice person with a nice heart and I'm a loyal person, ambitious uh, very caring. I like to have a good time, but I can be quite a keep to myself person. Is that cover it? I feel like that's good. Do you think okay. that that's how your friends see you as well? Yes. Yeah. I think so. Oh, it, d- it depends actually which type of friends. I think that like a lot of my family and close friends would say probably the exact same thing. But then you know, I think some people would say, "Oh, well, yeah, he's a he's a loose guy, or he's crazy, <laughs> or you know," because really? I've got I've got party friends. Yeah, you know, I've got well, I've got friends I've got friends that. Are, you only really see, if they only, you only see see them when you go out and stuff. Like you know, they only think they, don't, they might not see those other qualities. It doesn't mean they don't. Yeah. So you know what, what you're mean? trying to say is that that's the real you. Like if you know you super intimately and personally, that's the kind of person you are. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. But who also likes to have a good time? Though it's all yeah. about balance, right? <laughs> Tell me what the most important things in life are to you. So I actually came across this recently uh, with my psychologist, mm-hmm. and we think that because I, I feel like it's actually hard to work out exactly what is most important to you. I think that I value relationships and I value freedom. They're the two most important things to me. Please elaborate. Let's start with relationships. So what's important to me within a relationship? I mean, connect, connection, creating, you know, good memories, having a good companion. And that, that doesn't, have to, doesn't mean it doesn't have to be a romantic companion. Just nice companions as time goes on. And love. I love love. I love being in love. I love um, loving people. I love receiving love. Yeah. Be connected. You know, you need to be connected. You don't, you, don't, you don't want to isolate yourself. I don't think it's healthy for anyone to be isolated. So I think that, yeah, that's even though sometimes I try to isolate myself, what I value most is the opposite. So I was going to say, it sounds like you're really social. So does that mean every single day you're always social? Well, that's the thing. Naturally, I, I naturally am, am introverted. Like I, I naturally want to be at home in bed and playing computer games or watching a movie uh, in fact, a lot of my friends, they get annoyed at me because I, I, I cancel plans <laughs> and I'm hard to do things with because I just love being at home. But every time I do something, it can be the simplest thing. Every, anytime I get social, I just, yeah, I just, I have the best time. But na- it doesn't come naturally to me though. I have to force myself. But yet, okay. but it's yet what fulfills me. Yeah. Which is funny how the brain works, right? So you said before that you have party friends and then you have real friends and but connection is super important to you so how okay. do you how do you how do those differ so if you're someone who really needs some like intimate connections with people deep connections then how do you still have those party friends i consider them all my friends real friends to be honest i think it's all situational when i say party friends it's it's like you know friends when you you only hang out when you you know you're, you're going out and drinking but the thing is, I still have made, you know, amazing relationships with people, even though they are, you know, drinking friends and even though it's not the most productive thing, you yourself would know when you're, when you're drunk or, you know, under the influence, you can have quite deep and meaningful conversations, right? Because all the walls are down. So you, 
if you, as long as you can remember the conversation and it wasn't too big of a night, you can really bond with people yeah, okay, while, while you're partying, you know, you can really develop relationships, but it, it just, it just stops there where it, it rely, even though it's a, good, a relationship, they might, they might be a very close friend, but it, it, it has boundaries because you, you only get to, st- to have that relationship when you're intoxicated. It's just a separate relationship. And then the, the, the more intimate ones, to be completely honest, I don't have heaps of intimate relationships. Got, I've got one with my, um, my girlfriend, Ashton. I'm pretty close with all my family. And I definitely have a few, few close friends that you, know, you can go hang out with sober and go to the gym and talk about your feelings and stuff. And, um, you know, and that, that's, what, that's what gives you a, 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 a close relationship with someone. So yeah, I've got, a, I've got a mixture, but I definitely have more party friends than non-party friends. I don't know what you'd call them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And freedom. Freedom. Okay, so to freedom to be generous. Freedom to travel. Like I, I'm a I'm a very generous person. In fact, I love giving. I, I I get a lot of joy from, you know, I selfishly give in a way. I I love giving to my family, I love giving Ash and I love giving to my friends where I can because it, it, it makes me happy, you know? And, you know, first of all, money you need money to have freedom. So I, I you know, I value money a lot because Money gives you the tools to be able to be generous in that way. You can also be generous with your time and other things, but you can't travel without money. You can't be generous with money without money. Um, I, I feel like part of my ambition, half of me is very success focused, success being uh, money because I want the freedom. Yeah, it's and all linked together. Yeah, and I think, I think people, you know, people have a, an opinion, you know, you can't focus on money, but you can if it's for the right reasons. Money gives you security. Money gives you safety. Money gives you money gives you opportunity. So do you think that's why you're so ambitious and driven when it comes to your career? Yeah, I've I've come from a, a you know a very good, very good upbringing. Not only financially, you know, I've had a great you know family support. I've been blessed. I've been used to a very um, a very nice life. So I think that you know I've always had that that part of me that I knew in my heart that I had to do well if I wanted to continue the lifestyle I've been you know brought up with. And I think that happens to a lot of people who. You know, I'm more fortunate than others growing up. It, it sets an expectation and whether that's a good or bad thing, it is what it is. Um, the expectation that is because, you know, some, I think some kids feel like they maybe have shoes they, they need to feel or they, they can't feel or, you know, my parents did this, so I have to do that. I mean, maybe you do if you want the same security, so. Okay. You just touched on uh, seeing a psychologist. Okay. So what is your view on that? What kind of made you want to get into that and take that step? I'm massive on mental health. I, I think it's extremely important to have your, get your mind right. But um, I've been off and on sort of seeing psychologists, I guess, since I was young. Young as in? I got suspended <laughs> from school when I was in year six. And uh, part of the rule of me coming back to school was I had to see, get three sessions with a local psychologist. So, wow. yeah, I got forced to do that. <clears throat> in fact, my dad and I made quite a bit of a joke out of it. You know, we were singing songs like, I feel pretty, you're so pretty. When they asked, asked me how I felt, like we took the piss. <laughs> but... You know, so I went to a psychologist then and then recently, maybe a year ago, and I didn't have a great experience with it. Oh, okay. Um, But then the one, my psychologist I'm with right now is amazing. She understands me. We have stimulating and deep conversations. Considering you had a bad experience, not a bad experience, but you were, you know, as you said, taking the piss when you were younger about seeing a psychologist, then what made you a year ago go, hmm, actually, I've changed my perception on that. I'm going to go willingly and see one. I think when you really start evaluating the person you are in your life and you want to be the best version of yourself, sometimes you can't do that alone. And, you know, I, I tried and tried to improve certain things and there's, there comes a point where you go, you know, I, I've tried to change 
and it's not working. So maybe I need some help. And that doesn't mean I'm sick or I'm well or crazy or angry or whatever. It just means I might need some assistance. I might need someone who is unbiased. Can you elaborate on wanting to change? So what was it that was like, I am not happy with who I am? I was a very reactive young man. That's why my friends would say I'm crazy. I had no idea how to regulate my emotions. So when I felt something, um, I would act straight away. You know, and that feeling most of the time is normally something makes you sad. Someone upsets you. And if you don't register that and let that digest, the, the, the sort of counter emotion is anger. You know, you know, people were constantly upsetting me because I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a sensitive guy and I would get angry. Yeah, okay. And that was the biggest thing I needed to work on. I would lose my temper. I would, you know, I've been in you know, violent situations. I mean, I would swear at someone or just things that you just can't, you can't be like that in society. And I was like that and I, and I wanted to change it. And, you know, that part of me that I thought was a part of me for so long is literally gone. Wow. It's, it's, it's very hard for me to react because I, I think about it. I, and that, that's one of the biggest things is wanting to change. Just being able to understand and regulate my emotions, which I'm still so far from doing, but at least I'm, I've stopped reacting. And you think it's all because of seeing a psychologist like you've implemented look there's there's multiple factors multiple um you know ashton played a great part in helping my progress my parents my psychologist myself you know i held myself very accountable and i wanted to change i also uh, you know you mature <laughs> men men are basically you know pretty immature till they hit 25 in fact i felt myself change the way i thought i felt it change at 25 and I think it's just a mixture of things, a mixture of just, you know, being loved by people around me and, you know, finally realizing, man, look in the mirror and fucking sort your shit out. Yeah, wow. Was it the exercises, seeing a psychologist, was it kind of the exercises she was like, go home and practice this or implement this or was it more altering your thoughts? But to this day, we don't do any dramatic exercises. We, we, it's, it's still very new. I've, I've probably had 10, 20 sessions. I, I actually see a psychologist almost every week because it helps me. And also, you know, I know there's a lot of billionaires and multi-million entrepreneurs who all see a life coach consistently because it's important to get your mind right. You know, imagine someone upsetting you in business and then you reacting and losing your, your company, losing money because you couldn't handle your money. You just can't, you can't be like that. So, but yeah, what we do is, um, but yeah, so what we do, we, we talk and we help me understand myself. I don't get, my psychologist, Monique, is very uh, sympathetic and empathetic, but she makes me work it out. She doesn't give me the answers. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we do some exercises. My biggest thing, I'm a thinker. I'm, I'm in the brain. I'm in my mind all the time. My biggest thing in life is to be a feeler. You know, Ashton's a feeler. You know, she's the opposite. I mean, she's always present. She's always, I mean, she's pr- presently happy. She's, she's, she's present can mean you can be bad, you know, negatively present and positively present but you know i feel like when you're in touch with your senses your surroundings you can really enjoy life and when you're in your mind either thinking about the past or the future which i am all the time you you forget to enjoy every moment you're in like right now right yeah we're trying to we're trying to work on getting me to feel and not think so that's that's what we're sort of doing in the sessions does that answer the question 100 percent. so like and like being in touch with your emotions my being in touch with my emotions correct Which obviously as a man is not really encouraged i suppose yeah it's look men's mental health is a whole topic um i think that you know there's definitely a stigma around you know males being a bloke there's a guy on the news the other day and he and he said that you know something happened and his, his, his wife was upset and he said oh there's nothing we can do i'm not going to kind of go in a room and cry and like that's that makes sense like you, you, you 
when things are going bad, you need a rock in the family, right? You can't just fall yeah. over and cry, but you also can't dismiss how things make you feel. And he, he doesn't have to cry in that room that, that there and then, but after it settles, if he never did that, if he never called out, curled up and cried, well, what happened to that emotion? Where'd it go? Yeah, builds up. Well, just, he just didn't, he didn't deal with it. He actually ignored it because he needed to at the time which is completely fair enough, right? You can't, to have a wife, to have kids, I mean, I don't have either, but even just to be a function human in society, you, you, you can't break down and cry all the time. But you can reflect and feel in, in the right moments or with your partner in, behind closed doors, you know, in private. You can do something like that and you need to be able to do that. You know, women do it naturally. You know, you naturally have more estrogen. You know, you're naturally, lo- you know, you're, you're more, I feel like more loving creatures. You know, you're more in touch with your feelings. Yeah. Men aren't, and I think that that's why, you know, male suicides is so much higher, just because men just don't, we're not brought up to talk about things. We're not, it's not normal to feel. Yeah, so in your family or in your experience, was it encouraged always to open up, don't get angry about it, talk to me about it, by your parents or, you know, by <laughs> things like that, or was it was it still that old-fashioned kind of mentality? Look, I, I've had the the world's best upbringing. You could put it on a poster, you know? You could, you could put it on a poster and sell it as buy the world's best upbringing, wow. you know, yeah. get a discount. Um, you could do that. But no, my parents aren't perfect. No one's perfect. And, uh, you know, I, I think regulating their emotions is something that they weren't great at. And we know we didn't, we, we, we always, they were always there and loved and supported each other with each, with our presence. But we didn't talk about our feelings much. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. In fact, we probably, only since recently, I've started trying to talk to my parents about my feelings because I've developed that. And I think it's important. But before then i don't think we ever have yeah so it's all been on your behalf you've learned and correct me mom or dad if there's been a few times i just can't recall them yeah yeah Yeah, it's been i mean you know they've taught me everything i know but there's definitely i think as you get older you learn some things maybe you can teach your parents and that's the thing you as you get older you realize that you just it's just a human being two human beings standing in front of you but they're just humans at the end of the day trying to do everything they can to love and support you No, no one before they had kids no one taught them how to do that perfectly they yeah. were just us and yeah. then they had kids and they, they learn on the spot. Yeah. So It's so crazy when you have that realisation that your parents are just humans. Like, yeah. Don't you think, you know, when you, <laughs> you just think that you put them on this like huge pedestal and you think they're just God, you know what I mean? And then, <laughs> so true. And then like one day you're like, oh, you're actually just me, you know? It's yeah. kind of weird, but it's so true. Like you can learn things from them and, and they can learn things from you. Yeah. It's, it's true. I want to talk a little bit about Shma. So for those okay. who may not know, can you explain what Shma Fitness is? Yeah, I, I decided to release ebooks with my clients that had, you know, social media followings and you know, collaborate with the client and yeah, release ebooks. It's it really where we're going now is, you know, we, we realize that, you know, the ability to, you know, work with great people and also the ability, ability to create some amazing products rather than just be fitness, release great workout programs for everyone to follow. We help them be as authentic and genuine as possible with their messaging it's hard to be it's hard to be vocal on social media i struggle with it i'm going to start working on it and it's hard to talk about your stuff over social media people are cruel and it's most people like private living private lives they don't want everyone to know everything but i think if you're going to be in the industry and if you're going to be a competitive person you need to be able to open up on your platform otherwise you're always going to have a shallow following yeah just teaching it's hard to answer this question yeah but it's like being the voice for those people or helping them find yeah. their voice yeah and help. share their message that's right and they can either want want to do it or or not but that, that that's right and some some people we work with are already there and some people need to work on it but it's it's about Look, without being cliche, it's about using social media for good, you know, getting an authentic message 
out of the person. Obviously, it relates to, you know, exercise, mental health, nutrition. Just be authentic and just show people that I'm a human being with my own issues. This is how I over- overcame them. And if you would like to do the same thing, then I'm giving you the opportunity to follow me. You don't have to do it. It's more than just fitness. It's not, you know, how I got a good ass. It's because, you know, a lot of these people look great, but they've overcome crazy challenges that no one knows about. And in fact, if people did, then it's only going to help their brand and help them and help everyone. Help everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that, is that, it's, no, look, that it's, it's, it's hard. Shmar Fitness is, it started, it started small and we've got so many big plans and it's hard to, we, we haven't got a direct clear vision yet. We, we're working as we go and we're, we're finding out, finding out new things as we go. And all I know is, is we want to accomplish great things and we're ambitious and it's just, it's, it's just still a bit all over the place to be honest. Yeah, no, but it makes sense. Yeah. And um, and why did you decide to start your own business? Interesting question, which I haven't been asked before. I didn't decide to just start my own business. I didn't think like that. And I didn't. F- it didn't feel like that. I um, I saw an opportunity and I took it. It wasn't a plan. It was. I was. It didn't end up work, working out with Isabel Mathers, but which she, she was going to be our first program. I just. I said, look, you, you know, you you got a great body. You're a great person. You know, we've got a, a good relationship uh, with one another. And your following is crazy. So, you know, you've got a lot of, we've got a lot of potential. Let's work together and let's create a product and do that. And I, I made that decision based on our relationship and the opportunity, not really based on wanting to start my own business. The rest sort of just happened. Didn't work out with Izzy. Maybe in the future, who knows, we can do something together. But um, that's, that's sort of how it started. I, I just wanted more. I wanted more. I sort of wanted more than, you know, I, when I got busy with my PT clients, I think I was doing almost 40 sessions a week at one stage, maybe more. I realized that all I can do is charge more for my hour, but there's a cap on that, right? You can only make yeah. a certain amount of money. Don't get me wrong. If you're earning a hundred bucks a client doing 50 clients a week, that's great money, but that's it. It's a cap, you know? So I, I don't want to work for my time. I, I want to work hard. I'll work 40, 50 hours a week. I'll work 80 hours a week. Actually, I'll work all the time if I have to, but I would rather see more reward. Yeah. And um, what have been some of your struggles with, you know, launching? I think as you... Because obviously, like, it's new for you. It's, it's something it new. Is. It's something you took a chance on. So as, like, a new business owner, what are some things that you've found difficult? You're right. There's, there's, two, there's two sort of big new things, right? It's, um, it's, it's my first business. I'm, and it's my first business. And it's a new business. I've never done this business, business before. In fact, I've never done business in general. So very fresh. I think as, you, as you're learning things... Yeah, you're going to make so many mistakes, but I'm fortunate that I'm making the mistakes now. You know, I'm young, you know, I've got a good, you know, network and safety net around me. So I can, you know, I can take risks and fail. And I think it's important, you know, definitely shout out to the people starting businesses when they've got kids because shit, that's a lot of pressure. You know, you fuck up, you know, you, you guys don't eat, you know, I'm always going to probably eat. So it's, 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 I'm very thankful that I'm, I'm doing things while I'm young. The biggest challenge, I guess, is seeing something be successful and thinking you've got it and then the opposite happens and it's the mental struggle to deal with that yeah that's that's difficult it's difficult when things are going well and then they're not and what have you absolutely loved about starting i just i love being busy i love uh meeting and interacting with people again the values of relationships um i love seeing things do well i love seeing things grow i love i don't know i guess i'm i guess i'm proud of i guess i'm Proud of how far I've come so far. Just not only with the business, but, you know, mentally. Um, what was your inspiration? Because obviously, Schmar Fitness is about helping I stop. I've got to stop breathing into this. I've never <laughs> talked into one of these things before. We're really close. I'm like... <sighs> um, yeah. yeah, like what was your inspiration? Look, my my dad has been, as cheesy as that sounds, like my dad has been an inspiration to me. He's he's always been a quite a, you know, smart, 
you know, wealthy, successful man. He's been so generous and he's had the freedom to be generous because of, again, making money. So uh, I guess in the back of my mind, I know I want freedom to be generous, but why do I want that? It's probably because I've had that from my dad and I've seen him do that with other people. And you can't live a more joyful life than, than doing nice things for people. You can't. It, doing things for yourself is great and it's important but it's very it just you get over it quick yeah nice dinners you eat them sweet you, you get over <laughs> things quick you know but if you when you're doing things for other people you each person is a new thing it's a new person that you've touched that you've helped and you you, you can't get sick of that yeah so so I yeah love my, that. yeah and what would you say that your your biggest hope or goal is for smart fitness we're rebranding soon i i think where we the direction we're going is we're kind of Moving past being a fitness brand and our values will be working with people who, you know, are good people that, you know, are also kind and caring and, you know, that align with our values. Once we find those people, making them our clients and we can do anything with them, any sort of digital product we can do with them. Um, Again, they just have to align with our values and, you know, have to have an audience, you know, whether you're an athlete, celebrity, influencer, whatever, you have to be able to broadcast the messaging we create together to somewhere, right? Yeah. So that's the whole business model. So where I see Schmar Fitness going is, yeah, becoming a brand that works with cool people, makes cool products. That's it. Yeah, I love it. And yeah. um, before you said that, you know, right now in this moment in your life, super career driven and, you know, passionate. Um, but have you always been like that? You know, I've always been a pretty good like public speaker. I've always been pretty smart and there's, there's always been a, f- uh, a few things that I've always been like, like, like good attributes, but... Like at school, were you like, oh, you know, I just, I don't care, I'll work in like an office job or, or I'll do like nine to five, I don't really care what I do, I'll work at Macca's. What's funny is I, I didn't think about it. I, I've had all sorts of jobs. I've worked in, you know, fast food, worked in multiple call centres, I've laboured, believe it or not, and... Yeah, I've, I've worked for, you know, Macquarie, uh, was it Sydney, Sydney Radio Station? 2GB? Yeah. I worked for them, which is a nine to, very typical nine to five, but you're in Sydney life. You know, you wake up 5am to go to the gym and then you have to commute to work. So what did I want to do? I guess I just was just, I, I just had fun and was waiting to see what happened really. And then something just switched. Yeah. I, 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 I can't explain it. I didn't necessarily have to do anything for it to happen, but something switched. Like, was it seeing other people? Were you like, whoa, they're like you know, really passionate about what they're doing. I want something to be passionate about. Yeah, look, people have inspired me, don't get me wrong, and motivated me. I, I, I honestly think that something just switched inside me, whether that be, you know, God or luck or whatever you want to call it, or just my path. Yeah, and on that, so when it comes to the power of the universe or or God or things like that, like what's what's your stand on things? What do you believe? Like so... Um, I think Justin Bieber says the same thing. I'm I'm a Christian. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, but I don't practice as as a Christian. I I, I go to church very rarely. Um, but yeah, I, I think that a lot of my values are almost identical to what they are to in the Bible. Yeah, it's I've been brought up Christian and I've kept that faith. And um, yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. Mm. And so having your own business at the age of 25 is obviously such a huge achievement. Thank um, you. Would you say? that to accomplish this at such a young age that you've had to have like a never give up attitude? I, I think that I had a pretty cruisy life and then I, I didn't, you know, everything's good until it's not. I think that you have to be careful what decisions you make as a young man or young woman because they can impact you for the rest of your life. 
be careful. You know, you need to, even though you might not be mature when you're young, you, you need to be careful because some things you can't turn back from. So my biggest advice is just just be careful decisions you make. I feel like, yeah, you were going on like a road there that kind of discussed, it was like more more personal. So you were trying to say that you've obviously made some mistakes yeah. and trying to, you know, encourage people to really think about their actions. And what was the question again? Accomplishing this at such a young age. Yeah, you have, that's right. Have a never give up attitude. I, I never, it's not that I nev- never gave up chasing my dream of, have making money and being a, having a successful business, but I, I just never gave up in life. I didn't let things defeat me, and certain things that have happened can really mess you know mess you up. And this is just my story. This is not me comparing to anyone else, of course. But yeah, and you just you just move past it because you, you can't you can't ever give up in anything in life. So no, I never gave up. I never. I'm not a give up person. Yeah, that answers that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, shit. owning a business yes. would come with a lot of stresses, I'm yes. sure. Uh-huh. So how do you manage stress? I go to the gym and that's partly why I ever first started going to the gym and I'm sure we'll talk more about that. I, I shut myself off. Sometimes I have to get away from the TV, the phone, people and just breathe, you know. Uh, and a drink helps, you know, sometimes I'll have a, a glass or two of wine. And besides health and fitness, what are some of your hobbies? I love computer games. <laughs> I'm sure most, most men do. A lot of golf recently. I love hanging out with my family, watching movies. Yeah. I'm not a very out there, like I'm not a very out there person when it comes to that stuff, you know. Um, I, like, I love traveling when you can. Yeah, obviously COVID going mm-hmm. on. I love going out, going out to dinners. I love going to the beach. I love playing ping pong, play ping pong a bit, play tennis. Okay, nice. And before you said that you've literally had the best upbringing that you could possibly have. Yeah. Why do you think that was? What did your parents do that you now can look back and admire so much? The biggest thing is how they acted towards each other. Wow, okay. Um, so do you think that's why you have such a, like a big significance with relationships yeah i mean that would make sense right we are who raised us people say that but i, th- I think it's pretty accurate when you're when you're young from one to 12 i think you're you're, you're living in your subconscious but you're super vulnerable to the things you see even if you don't know about it and then you, your brain changes after 12 and then it changes again at 18 i think <laughs> i'm not a psychologist but <laughs> so yeah like my whole life i was brought up with um, my parents who just loved and respected each other they were loyal they were probably a lot of the qualities I am, which would make sense. Yeah, right. Generous, loyal, loving. You know, I, I probably said all of those for my qualities and it makes sense. You are who raised you. Amazing. Yeah. Do you have, do you think that's why you have like a really close relationship with your family now and you still spend time with them every week and things like that? Yeah, I think, right. Well, I mean, I'm of European background. So Europeans, um, Italian, Lebanese, a little bit of German and born in Australia. So, you know, ethnic so when you're ethnic you are very family orientated and that's not a uh, stereotype if you think about it if you're italian your parents your grandparents aren't from this place so when my mom went to school she ate lebanese bread and people would bully her saying you know what are you eating what is that why wouldn't you seclude yourself with your family when no one understands you in fact they don't even know what food you're eating yeah so naturally when you you know if you're like a third generation from an immigrant or whatever, I feel like naturally you're going to be close to your family. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And tell me a bit about your relationship with Ashton. So okay. <laughs> what's, what's that dynamic like? We, we've got an amazing relationship. We really do. We, we, um, we're the opposite. We're the opposite. We, Ashton is calm and, you know, patient and <laughs> so level-headed and I can be, you know, confrontational and loud and stimulated and but we we balance each other out because you know sometimes i go ash like you need to stand up for yourself or you you need to back yourself or i give her the advice that really helps her and then she'll say to me will like you 
you just need to relax or you you, you can't you can't confront that person or but we listen to each other That's and, good. and we, we we're, we're helping each other become better people you know and we we have our ups and downs we have you know every relationship does but i genuinely can honestly say that uh we make each other better better people in fact when i met ashton or i met ashton 10 years ago but when we first started seeing each other my life just it, it did a 180 or it just completely turned around completely and that was to do with obviously a lot of reasons, but she was a she was a massive one. Oh, that's so cute! It makes me so happy. Yeah. Um, what would you say is different in in this relationship in comparison to previous romantic relationships? <laughs> <laughs> Give me the juice. Look, in my, my in my previous relationships, defense, I, look, I've been I've been a very very difficult insecure impulsive reactive person i know that sounds very negative but you know i, I probably wasn't with the right people because all of them to be honest were a disaster other than yeah, not necessarily true but none of them have been can be can compare it with ashton and i's relationship i think it's because you how, how the hell are you meant to know how to love someone like that when you're so young how you don't even know how to love yourself you don't know you know what i mean at that age so how can you support and emotionally be there for a young woman that has her own issues that you can't even comprehend so to be at you know 16 18 20 22 even and be in relationships is a big ask so no they didn't work out as well as Ashton. so you think it's more it's more a personal thing it's more like you need to spend the time to understand yourself for your other relationships to flourish yeah look a lot of people say that you, you can't love someone till you love yourself and it doesn't have to be as cliche and obvious as that it's just like if you haven't worked your stuff out and you're working it out as you go while you're with someone then things change they might like something about you and then three months later you, you that, that part doesn't exist anymore so if you're not sort of closer to your end product why you're obviously going to outgrow each other in one way or another yeah. um and i think that's what happens that's why a lot of people if they get married early it doesn't work out or when people meet each other when they're older think about how many relationships second second marriages and second relationships they, the people end up together i think they've worked it out they understand what how they want to be loved and how they how they love and i think they've just worked they've got the cobwebs out yeah so it's not just about age it's more like working through your shit yeah yeah well working through your shit yeah. um and don't get me wrong you can grow with someone like ashton and i have but sometimes you, you there's damage along the way and without help and without great communication skills you, if you don't repair and move past that damage it will destroy the relationship and do you believe in the saying that you are who you hang out with? Yeah, I mean, it, it depends. I, I think the, the more strong-willed you are, um, it, it, it changes different person to person. But look, if you're hanging out every single day, all you hang out with is five millionaires, yeah, you're going to be a millionaire. Why wouldn't you? You're going to probably have that network, their friends, their ideas, their, their discipline. Of course, of course. But it doesn't it doesn't necessarily always happen like that. You are who you surround yourself with. Yeah, if you surround yourself with consistent people and really do it, then yeah, you'll definitely. So do you have that mentality when you're befriending someone new? Yeah, I don't, I don't think much about stuff like that at the time. But yeah, I think that I, I guess it crosses my mind. But yeah, yeah. Do you question oh, what are their values and morals before I actually invest my time into them? Look, to be honest, not really. Okay. I don't think about it that much. That's the, the truthful answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Growing up, were you yeah. the sporty kid, the nerd, the Xbox guy? You know, what were you? Look, I think I was in my heart. I was a nerd, <laughs> but I was, I, I was, I was always okay at sport. I can be in B grade for everything I do. 
But Isn't that so funny though? Because obviously now you're a PT, which is super sporty, fitness, and like at school you weren't. It's very true. I mean, I, I, I was good. Like I, I, I never, I never excelled. I never had the patience or discipline to excel in sports. You know, I could never be in the eight. I very rarely was in the eight team or the first first team, as we call it in Year Twelve. Right? Went to school at TSS. I was always a B, but I was always naturally gifted. I was hand-eye coordinated. And I'm, you know, actually very strong for my, you know, size and build. So you know that obviously helped out. You know, I'm, and I'm fast. So, yeah. but no, I, I didn't excel in any sport, no. And what was your school experience like? Look, I loved I loved school. I went to TSS was was a cool school. Obviously, it was you know they had great teachers, great campus, great facilities. It was a it was a great opportunity. Man, being in high school, things went wrong, especially year twelve. Look, I, I think all, all because of me. Thinking back at it, I got into situation after situation, and I thought, you know, poor me, poor me. But I was making bad decision after bad decision because I was so reactive. Imagine being in school at eighteen, being emotional, unable to regulate them, and then being an angry, strong kid. Like you just get into trouble. Mm. You know, and I was just constantly getting upset and not knowing how to deal with it. So I was a, a crazy, angry person, and consequences come with that. So yeah, things people started would turn on me at school, and I didn't have a great year twelve. But look, I that that's the most the most uh, significant part of high school for me, and it sort of in, uh, unfortunately wrecked it for me. But thinking back, I had great times at school with my friends, and you know, playing sport every weekend, going to sport practice. It was. It was so good for your, your character building and it was great. You, you, I just, I think when you go through something traumatic, it's all you can focus on and you need to work past that. And I'm still doing that to this day, but I'm nearly there. And I, then you can start focusing on, you know, the good, the good stuff. Yeah. Does that, does that help you, yeah, get, yeah. give you an idea? with? Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously you kind of like hinted at this, but you didn't really, you know. Elaborate. Me. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, obviously when we're young, we tend to do things that we shouldn't, um, you know, including drugs, alcohol, you know, okay. the, the pressure of others. Um, What's your experience with this? Yeah, I uh, I think that I, d- I definitely had a bad relationship with drugs and alcohol. I can say that openly. You know, to this day, it's uh, a lot different. You know, I'm a lot more of a disciplined, uh, regulated, controlled, mature person, you know. But yeah, this, this can't relate to everyone, whether you have or haven't tried certain drugs. But man, it was fun. You try certain things and you have great experiences. And it was it's for like everything's so fun for the first time. And when something's so fun, you just want to keep doing it, right? Especially when you're a kid and you're young. You know, you think I first tried, you know, certain things at 19. And it, you have such a good time. Why, why wouldn't you want to keep sort of doing that? And I think you don't realize and then you can you can have sort of a bad sort of habit. You, you just, you lose focus. That's the that's the biggest issue. Plus, you can things can happen. You know, there's overdoses. Did that stuff get you into trouble though? Yeah, they, look, I, I don't... <laughs> look, I, did, I got into a lot of trouble before that. Okay. But yeah, I think that, I don't know. And were you uh, ever addicted? Did you ever just, you were like, well, that felt good. Let's do it again and again and again. Look, I can honestly say I've never been addicted to drugs or alcohol. I, ne- I never have. I've never woken up and needed it. I've, I've, I had a, like, a part of me or a time frame where I wanted to just have fun every weekend. I, I wasn't addicted. I, I was just I was just enjoying myself. But I have been addicted before. I, I've been addicted to gambling. Gambling's not a good one for me. So if I, if I was addicted to anything in life, it would, it would be gambling. It doesn't, it doesn't suit my brain. It just doesn't suit me. Okay. And so what would you say has been the biggest challenge you've ever experienced in your lifetime? Oh, wow. I thought I'd get a question like that. And it's hard to answer because normally something as significant as that you don't have on the tip of your tongue. You know what I mean? It's sort of buried in there a little bit. Okay. So I won't give you the the most challenging because it wouldn't be genuine. I'd, I'd have to think about it. I'd have to sit down with a pen and paper and think about it for an hour. There was a, a time when I, I thought I impregnated a woman. <laughs> 
I thought I knocked a girl up. I thought I had a baby. And it was a challenging time during it. It was, it was very challenging. It wasn't someone I was in love with. I wasn't with them. You know, we were both just as, you know, wild as each other. Neither of us knew how to regulate our emotions. Imagine two me's trying to communicate. You'd end up killing each other. Yeah. That's sort of what happened. We ended up trying to kill each other. It just wasn't great, you know, and that it took a toll on me. It took a toll on my my, uh, my family. It took a toll on her. Yeah. Um, and how old were you? Maybe 18 or 19 years old. I can't remember. Maybe 19. Wow. So it wasn't easy to deal with. And then on top of that, you know, you go through the, you know, the baby, obviously you're pregnant for nine months. Baby was born. And um, I think the baby was maybe six months old so it was about we're going through a year and a half of this and it was a drama because of i was responsible i was very much responsible for the drama you know because i didn't know how to deal with the situation because it was challenging like you said the most challenging thing and i found out that baby wasn't mine and we got we we did a test there was nothing to do with the mother nothing to do with her she had no idea we did it we both you know we did a test and it was a scam and we both were just as shocked as each other and you know so yeah that was that was a challenging time in my life so yeah i can't even begin to imagine what that would have been like but how do you kind of overcome something like that like how do you deal with all of your frustration your anger your emotions your sadness everything that hits you at once like how do you deal with that instead of instead of you know as you said just turn to a drink especially 18 19 20 turn to a drink or you know go for a night out again and again and again yeah. to make you feel better look at that time i did that's how i did deal with that stuff and you know what uh, thinking about the question now i, I don't actually deal with my issues anymore with that thinking about it i like having a good time but no i i i, I just breathe okay. but i'm um, thinking because i'm thinking i'm comparing now and yeah I don't, that's actually not the, yeah i'm different um mm-hmm. back then i would go out but you know the thing is is have i ever dealt with them you know i said about the guy who said you know oh, i don't want to cry yeah cry and blah 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 but then i said to him well, what, you know i said to myself well, when are you going to cry and he probably never will and i never cried i never felt it it was it was challenging but all i felt was anger i, I don't know if i've properly dealt with that challenge okay and so dealing with anger let's talk about that so okay. obviously now you get you get angry everyone gets angry correct so now how do you deal with anger well, anger, getting angry is healthy and getting angry getting angry means you're passionate but yeah how you deal with it is extremely important you know you you, you can never be you, you can never get aggressive i can't you don't want to ever make people feel uncomfortable or unsafe how do i deal with it look i just think i'm a thinker when someone makes me feel angry i think about why and i think about the consequences if i get angry think about it i just think about it Okay. I just I just analyze the situa- situation. Like in a healthy way or in an unhealthy way? Uh, look, the, I mean, how much I think is probably unhealthy, but it's a healthy way to not get angry, you know? Okay, yeah. Um, to, and then to, what's the next step after you thought about it? It's a good question. I, I think you need to sort of remove yourself from the situation, get angry, because you need that raw emotion to, to come out. And then you need to calm down and, 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 and chill out and understand why you felt that way and then deal with that. But you can't suppress your anger. If someone makes you angry, you can't just clench your fist and swallow it. Because mm-hmm. one day you'll, you'll burst like a balloon. Yeah. You keep blowing into a balloon, I promise you it's going to pop. And if you just keep doing that with your anger, even though you might not react, you might not punch someone or yell at someone or break something. If you don't do something, maybe one day you will. Yeah, so your advice would probably be to find something. Everyone's way to cope with Look, dealing with frustration is going to be different. Immediately remove yourself from the situation. Immediately. That's the first thing you need to do. Remove yourself from the situation. It doesn't okay. matter who it is and what situation. And then, yeah, then you can either suppress it 
or you can let yourself get angry and then, you know, talk to yourself about it, write it in a journal and then go from there. You got to always take yourself out of the situation. You can't, if someone's making you angry, it's, it means they're triggering you. Something they're saying is, is you don't agree with and they're probably not going to turn that conversation around, which means it's only going to get worse. And are you someone who writes down your yeah. feelings? Yeah, occasionally, not often. Yeah, yeah. Which Rituals, when you, you, you write down things on a piece of paper and then burn them. Okay, cool. I've gotten very emotional from writing things on paper before because sometimes you write things on paper and you read it and then it helps you feel. Because you know I said it's hard to feel. Yeah. I've written things on paper before and I've been just chilling, writing things down and then I read it and I'm choking it's up. It's emotional, yeah. It, yeah, even just talking about it now I'm feeling emotional. Yeah. So it, it's a, honestly a very, very good strategy. Um, it's like going to your psychologist's appointment. You're not keen, you're not excited on the way, but you know it's good for you. Journaling, it's not like you're like, oh, I can't wait to journal <laughs> today. But you just got to do it because you'll you feel, feel better, better after. Yeah. Correct. What motivated you to begin a journey of self-improvement. I'm a very, you know, harsh critic of myself. I'm a, I'm very competitive. I'm very ambitious. I, I just want to be the best version of myself. Uh, for me, I just, I'm not exactly sure. It's, it's hard to answer. Mm-hmm. I just want to be great in every way. And it's, it's not an ego thing. I want the, to be good for the people around me. I love that. Yeah, I just, re- I just realized. That's why I want to be a good person, a good man, a good, a good partner, a good son, a good dad one day. For the people around me. I don't want to have kids and be crazy. I, I want to be a patient, loving, strong man. Yeah, that just shows the kind of person you are. And I think it's it just shows how far you've come as well, you know? Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, right now in this moment, you seem like a really happy and quite relaxed person. But okay. I know that you, as you said, you get stuck in your thoughts. You can get anxious. Can you tell me a bit about those experiences in the past? Like, have you been someone who's, you know, really struggled with anxiety? A lot of people who meet me <laughs> who think I'm the most social extroverted normal person and it's crazy they think that because I can be in a social occasion and just needing to walk out because I'm short of breath I, I struggle with anxiety bad I struggle with social anxiety very bad still to this day to this day oh yeah wow. I get it I, I was up all night last last night with anxiety wow yeah yeah I had to take you know take something for it anxiety is something that I'm I'm working towards look anxiety I, people say it's so true like it's what you put in your body if you eat unhealthy if you don't exercise if you take drugs if you drink too often you're not going to feel good if you have toxic relationships all this stuff contribute you need that you need to have a balanced life if you work too much because it's, it's a balloon you know when my balloon's getting too big I, pop. I get anxious i don't snap anymore but i get anxious and i need yeah. to then start releasing some of that air and i, I do i release the air slowly now yeah, anxiety is a anxiety is a tough one for me it's yeah yeah wow and so has it been something that you've dealt with like kind of your whole life <laughs> and it's gotten progressively gotten Look, worse or anxiety is an interesting one a lot of people say that they don't know understand anxiety until they they reach a certain age. I think it's so true. I didn't get anxious when I was young. I got upset and angry and mm. yeah, but I didn't get anxious. I didn't even know what the hell that was. I got diagnosed. It sounds like funny diagnosed or whatever. I got told yeah. I got I had nut allergies and um, you might say diagnosed. Well, that sounds dramatic, but it's fucked me up. It's been very difficult. And if you have nut allergies, you will 100% understand that. I, I had a reaction. I couldn't breathe and I, I realized I had nut allergies. And then from that day forward, I would eat things and I'd go to mom. I go, mom, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I'm having a reaction. She goes, will you find you? I said, no, you got to call an ambulance. I'm having a reaction. I'm going to die. And, and then I didn't. We go, uh, well, I go, well, what was that, Mark? Because I, I couldn't fucking breathe. I swear to God, I couldn't breathe. And I realized it was it was anxiety. And you were so worried. Uh, yeah, that I couldn't breathe. And I thought that something was happening, but nothing was happening. And, and what age were you diagnosed with a nut, nut allergy? Well, maybe. Wow. I, I wasn't had issues with it until I, maybe, yeah, 13, 14, maybe. 
I think maybe I, no, oh I don't gosh. remember having anxiety through school though. So that's a hard one for me. I know I had that paranoia about food, but I don't know if I registered it as anxiety and then I realized it was anxiety and then you have a big night the next day. You're like, okay, well, this is anxiety because I know I felt it before and then you might get it. You're just chilling and you're with friends and you're anxious or... I think you just, as you get older, maybe people always get anxious, but you become more aware of what anxiety actually is when you're older. And so now do you still have that anxiety around food? Yeah. I mean, look, I cook a lot. I cook three meals a day because I, when I cook, I know that I'm safe and I can eat. If I, I eat at the same restaurants and I'm okay, if I'm eating someone new, then yeah, oh, I'm shitting myself. I'm thinking, fuck, fuck. But I, I always carry my allergy stuff with me now. I used to yeah. have my cat carried around with me, but then again, I never used to eat out. So now I'm like, yeah. I'd rather carry my stuff with me and look like a dork, but then be safe and be like, look, I'm eating this food. And if God forbid something happens, I'm probably not going to die. Oh my God. That's like, you know, that's a very confronting thing to deal with. So yeah. how do you deal with your anxious thoughts around that or just anxiety uh, in general? I try and reason with myself. I just try and think and just calm myself down. Like tell yourself you're going to be fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, that's right. You've eaten this before. You've done, okay. you know, blah, blah, blah. You've got your bag on you with all your medication in it. Yeah. So I just, that kind of stuff. And do you think it's gotten better as you've gotten older? No, I don't think it has. Okay. Worse or you're managing? I'm managing it. Okay. Fuck, I would love it to, to not, <laughs> to be gone. Yeah, yeah. And what about depression? Have you ever experienced any uh, issues with that? I've never been depressed. You know, I've had close family members that have suffered from it. It's, it's a very, very real, sad, scary thing. When you don't feel happy, you don't feel joy. You just, when, when you're, depression is basically, you, you can't, you know, produce serotonin naturally. And I don't know if anyone else has felt that before, even temporarily, but it's not a nice feeling. You feel like you're hopeless. I've had moments, but I don't think it's, I don't think I was depressed. So I've just, I've just been lucky. I've always been super lucky. My mind just isn't that type of mind. Okay. Yeah. I don't know whether some people, they say that anxiety can lead to depression, but no, I've never felt it. Okay. Did you have any other health challenges growing up? I've been an asthmatic. I'm still an asthmatic. I got asthma. It's not, it hasn't been crazy bad. What uh, about like body image? I am. Um, I've got skinny legs. It's hard to grow my legs. They, might, they, they are getting bigger. Anyone who has small calves understand that that shit's hard. <laughs> yeah. Look, I I think that there was a there was a time frame where I, I you know I was insecure about my legs. I care a lot less now. But did you feel like in that moment you had to like eat more, or you were like you were anxious or paranoid that you were like, oh, I've got to eat this and I've got to go to the gym and do this or otherwise I'm not going to get my legs like no, still really skinny. Not really, because even when I trained and got into the gym, I didn't train legs much, so... <laughs> okay. I, I've never reacted with food or exercise in a negative way. I've never had a negative relationship with either of those things, ever. Okay, great. And what does a day of eating look like for you? In this moment, look, the most important thing with food is... You know, you need to make sure you're getting enough protein. Protein gives you energy. Protein is how you recover. Protein is how we survive. We would all die without protein. I, I just make sure that I'm always eating a, a, a meal that's balanced with protein, vegetables, and a healthy carbohydrate. Sometimes an unhealthy carbohydrate, but I'm always eating a balanced meal. I will never eat something that doesn't have a good source of protein because it just doesn't make sense. I'm a, a PT. I want to. I want to be put on muscle. I want to have energy. I don't drink coffee and look. I'm stimulated all the time, and that's because I'm naturally stimulated. But I, I put the right things in my body. So I shuffle proteins. Proteins being fish, prawns, steak, lamb, chicken, and I can cook those in different ways. Um, my my healthy carbs or carbs or whatever I you know I'll have sometimes you know white rice, sweet potato potato sometimes i have toast if i don't want to wait for i might have steak veggies and toast just for, so i can have some carbs for some energy before i work out just so i don't have to cook my um go-to veggies are you know zucchini asparagus green beans mushroom red capsicum carrot yeah so i just sort of play around like you can mix those, those those different things and have you know a simple meal you can have a stir fry you can have a pasta you can have all sorts of stuff yeah and but, what about treats like 
like do you allow yourself to have like dessert oh yeah like don't get me wrong like i i like treats i like chocolate in bed I've, I, I understand how that feels and sometimes it's so hard to just not you get stuck in a rut when, you, when you're not eating it you're fine but when you have a few nights in a row and you're eating it you just you, you become used to it in fact it, it's more than that your your stomach actually produces a bacteria from sugar and then when you're not eating it it actually tricks your brain to tell you because it, it needs more sugar to, to be fed to survive so it tricks your brain saying i need sugar and that's why people get sugar cravings so if you if you actually don't eat sugar you, you're not going to have a lot of that bacteria therefore you're not going to have a lot of cravings yes. that's why that's why after people after a big night what's alcohol full of sugar, sugar right so the next day you want fatty fatty food sugary food but i enjoy life like i'll go out with ashton and we'll eat whatever the hell i want but i try and eat a, a reasonably healthy breakfast lunch and dinner every day have you always eaten as healthy as you do now no way um i used to eat fast food chocolate lollies what time frame was this was this like before you started PTing or i started eating healthier again because of ashton she was a, she cooked used to cook she, she cooked still but she used to cook you know me every meal but she cooked me these healthy meals she got me trying new foods you have to remember as well i, I was very paranoid about eating food so i was very um fussy i'm not going to have a reaction to mcdonald's so i'd eat mcdonald's um it sounds like an excuse but it, it genuinely i prefer eating mcdonald's than being scared of food i hadn't tried before so yeah i've only been have had a healthy relationship with food the last you know two or three years i think and even though you are so healthy right now do you still fall off the bandwagon sometimes oh yeah i comfort eat i know exactly how that feels you know sometimes if i'm upset i just want to be in bed and watch a movie and eat some shitty food and it's, it's you just you're using the sugar hit the sugar is an addicting substance sugar is uh, cane sugar especially you can get addicted to it and you can use it as a vice you can use it as as something to help like i said i can get upset and i just want to eat bad food and that's why i know that a lot of people are already struggling with body image and with their weight and so think about it it's a cycle right they're unhappy and they're overweight and because of that they eat and then the food makes them more overweight and unhappy and because of that they eat do it and again that, and again and again yeah and it's fucking hard cycle mm. to break and i haven't had it i haven't been super overweight i haven't really ever been overweight so i can't relate exactly but i i know that when you get stuck in a habit it feels like you just you're just there for life it just feels like you're going around and around in a circle so i can relate and so to how do you stop yourself from getting into the habits so like how do you get back on track you've had a look, shit week you're like all right it's time to get back on the grind look i'm not going to sugarcoat this one it's self-discipline okay you got to toughen up. I don't like saying that, but you got to just be like, look, like I'm, I'm stronger than what I think I am and I'm not going to eat this today. And if I don't eat it today, I might not crave it tomorrow. And you, you need self-discipline. And if, you, if you're not going to, look, I can be quite a soft, empathetic person, but you got to be self-disciplined in life. You, you have to be. You have to have self-discipline. You have to be able to say no and control certain things because no one is going to take the food out of your mouth. You have to make that decision. That's why it's self-discipline. You have to act on as yourself and make the change. And that probably grows for every aspect of your life Absolutely as well. everything. Like you, think you need self-discipline in, in, in most ways in life. You need to be having to be self-disciplined in, in your relationships, in your, with your exercise, with your work. Yeah, and... Are you someone who's like, okay, each week I'm allowed one cheat meal or you eat as clean as possible and then when I want to treat myself, I'm going to treat myself? Yeah, look, good question. I've never been like, okay, Will, this is your one cheat meal. I don't like living like that, to be honest. Yeah. I, I love freedom. I love yeah. being, I don't like being too stuck. Having said that, you do, I, I've got my routines and my disciplines. It's not like, okay, Sunday cheat meal. Okay. Okay, uh, it's 2,500 calories today. Counting calories is extremely important to lose. Some people actually have to count calories to lose weight, but... Yeah. I know my, my body and it, I know how to count calories and I do it for clients, but I, um, so it's not something I do. do. 
Tell us what you do. I always need to wake up early, but it doesn't have to be the same time every day. It just has to be early. I need to train. I need to train most days every day. I need to do something active. I do weights almost every day. I cook. I cook every day. I cook most days. Sometimes I meal prep. I don't think I have enough time to cook. Sleep is important. I need to make sure I always get at least seven, seven, seven hours, seven to nine hours. Yeah. Socializing. So yeah, so routine's important part. Oh my God, yeah. Routine is everything. You, especially if you're someone like me who's you know so stimulated and driven and just crazy thinker, you need, a, you need some sort of system. It doesn't need to be a, a military system, but a, you need a system. So I know right now we're sitting here having this conversation over a glass of wine, but there was a time there where you stopped drinking alcohol. You cut it out altogether. Yes. Can you tell me a bit about what motivated you to do that? So I've done two stints of three months no alcohol. The first one I did it was because it was negatively impacting my life. It wasn't helping my self-development. Relationship was suffering with, you know, my girlfriend, with my parents, with my family, my work, everything. The first time I'd stopped drinking was for people around me. The second time was for myself. And now I, I, I drink occasionally. I'll have some wine with dinner or I won't. Sometimes I don't drink in a week. Sometimes I drink three times in a week. Even if I go out now, I'm, you know, I'm mostly, most of the time in bed by 12. I, I think it's just an age thing. Anyone who my age can relate and anyone who's older than me can relate. It's they're probably like, you know, you just get it as you get older. Some people don't work it out. And what changes did you feel in your body when you cut it out? I was a different person. I was calmer. I was more relaxed. I had more energy. I, I, I never felt low. I, I didn't get anxious as much. My training went through the roof. I put on, you know, a lot of muscle. My work went through the roof. I was uh, more productive. I was, I, was, I was mentally clearer. I was more patient. I was more patient and more calm. Amazing. And did you find socializing hard? Because obviously, like, drinking is a big part of our culture. Yes. I'm glad you asked that. I found it hard for two reasons. Number one is it's hard to see your friends when most of them are drinking friends. Or, you know, they still, when I say that, you, you know, like I said before, they're still good yeah. friends. But you just, you, you, the common interest is that. But also, I have social anxiety. So when I have a drink, I can be myself. I feel like I can relax. When I don't, well, you have to also remember my nut allergies. So if I'm eating dinner and I've had a few drinks, I'm not as nervous about it. But if I'm out and I'm sober and it's hard for me to eat out because I'm so scared that I'm going to have a reaction. Mm. But I'm out to dinner and, you know, when you're, you're a bit pissed or whatever, you're fine. I don't think about it because it relaxes you. So it made it hard on a few different fronts. True. Mm. And would you do it again? Is it something that you want to implement? The three-month thing? Yeah, would oh, you implement this? Oh, yeah, this? for sure. Oh, for sure. I think it's a great, a great thing to do. I, many, my, my psychologists will laugh, but we're, I'm an extremist and we try to not make me do from one extreme to the other. But yeah, we, we, um, we say that I, I'm an extremist. I say, oh, I'm doing this and I'm never doing it again. But I think if you do a three-month or you know, a little alcohol challenge and you've got the reasons behind that, I think it's very healthy. And yeah, I'll definitely be doing, that, doing one again. And let's talk about fitness and the role it plays in your life so originally you said you were a, you started off as a PT how did you get into that Isabella Lemon my good friend I think she saw that I was studying or whatever and she actually suggested uh, one of my good friends Ian um, that he had a gym to go see him and you know start PTing there so that's sort of the, how, it, how it happened professionally when I first started professionally PTing mm-hmm. was because of Bella thank you Bella <laughs> and uh, the next was before that you know I got into the gym when I was probably 14 or 15 uh, my mates they were all doing it I, I went to a you know a private school that was really big on sport and footy and rugby and you know yeah. um, you know everyone was sort of hitting the weights early you know I'd go occasionally and I think I liked the way it made me look I like look at these veins or look at this muscle and 
I was like, this is cool. This makes me look tough, you know? Made me feel good. I fed my ego. It also was a good release. When I was angry, I'm like, oh, I'm going to lift these weights, you know? And you leave and you're like, okay, I'm not as angry. Yeah, Sometimes true. it doesn't help, but sometimes it does. And then over time, I just sort of fell into it. Like I said, I finished school and I was doing all these different jobs. And then someone said, do your course. Can't remember who. I did it. And then it just sort of happened. And so would you say... You know, because just before you mentioned that it was like a release for your anger, which you struggled with when you were younger. So do you think that exercising in a way like changed your life? Oh, yeah. I'm not probably giving it enough credit actually thinking about it. Exercise has always been there for me. I, no matter what happened in my life, no matter what happened with a girl or with my family or whatever, no one could take the gym away from me. No one. And that's the truth. And it was always there for me. And yeah, it, it got me through a lot. It was always something that I could do to make me feel better, no matter what. And it's been like that my whole life. And do you, so I love like it. saying that, do you think that it's something that should be a part of everyone's life? Oh, yeah. Like, look, it, you don't have to be a bodybuilder. You don't have to, you know, be a, a marathon runner. But a good amount of exercise is healthy. It doesn't matter what it is. Get the heart rate up. Mm-hmm. Do some resistance training. Get your heart rate up. Do both of those things. Okay, lift something heavy. Things that you don't think of. Swimming is resistance training, right? Constant resistance in the water. Uh, it's And then you, you got to get your heart rate up. You, you know, they... they Caught the runners high, and uh, I um I ran recently. I never really felt like I felt it. I ran recently recently with Mitch Orville, and we ran three k's. And I hadn't been running, but I'm competitive, so I tried to keep up. He he um beat me by you know a, a pretty fair distance, but um I still ran quite fast for someone who doesn't run. And because Mitch is killing it, he's been doing so much running, he's doing great. I at the end of it, you know, I, honestly, I wanted to stop like one kilometer in. I really did, and then I you know ended up running three k. I at the end, I was just because because it's, it's the pain pleasure thing, and I can talk yeah. about that as well. But I wanted, I didn't want to do it so bad. Then at the end, you get a high from it. You you feel great after it. So true. So why wouldn't you want to feel great? Everyone should do it. You, like I said, it could be twenty minutes. You could do twenty minute a twenty minute workout three times a week. You could box one day. Go for a walk with a friend. You just want to be active. Humans aren't designed to to be idle. You know, it's not good for your mental or physical health. So true. And as you said, it's something that you religiously do. But is there ever times that you just feel like, I really don't want to work out today? Oh, yeah, 100%. And how do you persevere? I listen to some motivating music or a motivating video and I just kick my ass in the gear. I can, be, I can be really good with that. I, I, I'm so competitive and with myself. I don't, I don't get my, let myself get away with much. But I, I wake up hungover and cook a healthy breakfast and go train. There's a saying, I don't know if it's like a common saying, probably, but Ian told me it, my friend Ian. I think I mentioned him earlier. If you want to who with the owls, you, you can go who with the owls, but you must soar with the eagles. If, you, um, if you're going to go out and have fun, you go do that, but wake up with the eagles. doesn't matter that. if you've had an hour sleep yes. so that's sort of my mentality recently anyway i love that and i saw some photos of you from when you were younger and you were quite slim you know pretty skinny skinny guy yeah yeah i was and so then you like introduced the gym and you started like you know really feeling the difference seeing the difference but what was your routine like then compared to what it is now yeah you're right i i didn't have big problems with like weight like I, I started eating healthy because of um, how it made me feel on the inside. I had acid reflux, digestion issues, all sorts of stuff. But I was also always a naturally lean, skinny guy. But it was very hard for me to put on muscle. In fact, when I um, I've never I've never taken steroids in my life. If I if I had, I'd been I would be honest. There's things I've tried, like the you know the Psalms or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they considered steroids. Steroids, I'm not sure. I, I got so put on so much muscle when I was young that everyone thought I was on steroids, and I wasn't. I just trained really hard I reacted really well to my my food and my training and it was such a shock because I was a skinny dude I've got a small frame I'm a small guy you know I'm just under six feet or six feet tall but uh, 
you know, I got um, you know small wrists, small ankles, um, small hips. I'm not a, a big guy, so I'm, uh, I was skinny. And so when I started putting on muscle, when you start putting on muscle on a small frame, you look quite big, quite muscly, you know? Yeah, for sure. And what is your current workout routine? Okay, so at the moment, I'm just doing like basic hypertrophy, which is just, you know, uh, weightlifting, uh, aiming, aiming at a certain rep, rep range, um, eight to 12 uh, reps, you know, with a certain rest. And I just, I just, I, I train sort of like a bodybuilder in a way where I, I target certain muscle groups. And, you know, I mix it up with cardio in different classes, I do classes at the uh, a new gym called Change in Broad Beach uh, with a little bit of running and a little bit of uh, conditioning, conditioning classes. And would you say you have a favorite? Cheeky favorite. Oh, I love training chest. I've had a naturally yeah. good chest. I, 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 you know, I think I know how to train chest really well. In fact, I, because I, even in those photos, right, Kaylee, I didn't have a chest. Did you see my chest? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not being arrogant. Like I, now I've got quite a broad, you know, muscular chest and I, I, I love training chest. Every, you know, Monday's chest day for men, you know, it's a fun muscle group <laughs> to train. So yeah, I, I, I love, I love training chest. Chest is cool. And um, <laughs> for people who have the same body type as you and are wanting, well, as you did previously and are wanting yep. to like bulk up, build muscle, what are your tips? Look, you've got to be consistently work on that exercise. So, you know, how sort of muscle building works is you, you want to work in phases. It could be four to six week phases. And in those four weeks, you're doing the same thing. You're first, you're focusing on form and you're focusing on weight. And then each week you're trying to get better and better and better. Then you move on and then you let your body, you, you know, then uh, get used to a different regime, right? Um, but it's very important that you have a plan when you're going into the gym. You don't just do random stuff. You need to have a plan, go in there, do it, write your weights down and progress. You need to progress, whether that mean improving your weight, uh, changing your rest times, uh, adding, adding sets, adding reps. It needs to be a progression. And you know what? It's good for you mentally. You walk in there and go, damn, like I'm stronger. Or, you know, like I just did four sets of that. Last week I did three. Like, and you can measure it. You, and you go, oh, I can't wait to go next week and, and do you know, 45 kilo dumbbells instead of 40 kilo dumbbells. And it's, it helps you mentally as well as it's very important for you physically. You, and you still do that to this day. Like you have to keep adding things, doing more reps. Yeah, yeah you, you got it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, look, I sometimes do go in there and do what you can still get progression and results from just doing whatever, but it's, it's not going to compare to when you're, you're measuring. Mm -hmm. And what are some advice that you might have for people wanting to turn their healthy habits who like, you know, hearing this, getting inspired, they're like, yes, let's go to the gym. It's becoming, you know, kind of a habit, but they want it to be a lifestyle. Look, you need a good support system. You need the people around you who want you to do well and also who, um, you know, maybe have a similar routine. When you go into the gym, you need a buddy to go with. It's hard. If you don't have a buddy, it's hard. You want someone to, you know, so Monday you might go, you know, I don't want to go. And your mate goes, come on, man, let's go to the gym. And you go. And then Tuesday he doesn't want to go. And you go, come on, bro, let's go. And, um, and um, it, that, it helps. So it's getting people, being around people who have similar goals is really important. Yeah, writing down your goals, working out what you want to achieve and how you want to achieve it and then creating a daily routine, a morning routine is super important because what you do is you write down your goal, you work it out and go, okay, what do I need to do to achieve that goal? Okay. And then you put it in a morning routine. So every time you do that in the morning, you're getting closer to that goal. I think that's really important from a lifestyle perspective because it's your morning routine. You do your morning routine when you're working on the weekend, on when you're overseas. Mm -hmm. It can be something as simple as wake up at this time, you know, read, read, read for 20 minutes, educate myself, go train, eat breakfast. That's it. That can be, that, that can be your only routine. The rest of your life can be a free-for-all. Right? But all those things, right, your goal might be, I want to learn more. Okay, so you've got 20 minutes of reading in the day. Your goal might be, I want to get leaner. So, oh, you've got the workout in, in that morning. Your goal might be, I want to lose weight. Well, maybe that breakfast is the healthiest meal of the day. You can do things in your routine, which, in your lifestyle, which is super, super important. So I think routine, to, to be able to adapt it to a lifestyle. 
And you just touched on goals. So when you say you write down your goals, is that something that you do monthly and then you check in with yourself? Or are you like, every morning I'm writing down my goals for the day, for the week, for the year? Like, how do you write uh, your goals? I'm a, I'm a big to-do list guy. So, uh, you know, a few years ago I wrote down my, 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 big, my, big, my big goals and that's what turned my life around. Part of it, like I said, it was multi-factor. I, I wrote down all my goals, being my business goals, my relationship goals, my personal goals, all sorts of different things. And it's super important. You've got to update it. You've got to go back. Say it's a, you have a month going three month goal and you go every month revisit every three month revisit you got to revisit them and hold yourself accountable and i tell you what most people i've ever heard write those goals down they achieve them wow. so if you're not doing it do it works you know ashton and i do a lot of this stuff together and what are some things that pop up each week that are your weekly goals that you have to you know kind of achieve yeah it could be make sure that you go uh three days sometimes i'll say okay make sure i get at least three days of perfect eating make sure i work out five times make sure i call a relative nice you know, for the business. Make sure that I've ticked one to-do thing for the business. Make sure that the business has progressed in some way this week. And I hold that accountable. There always has to be something happening with the business. You know, I want to be constantly improving and evolving. And speaking of goals, what yes. would you say that your goal in life is? I want a life filled with joy. I know that you, you need to be sad sometimes and sometimes things can't always go your way, but I just want to be a happy, calm, patient person. I'm, you know, I'm married with kids or alone on an island I, ju I just want to feel content and happy in life yeah so and spending each day working on yourself correct that's it i'm crazy on, yeah that's it i'm crazy on self-development me my personal self-development it's all i that's, i do things all the time to focus on it. that's why i see a psychologist so often that's why i train that's why I, I do the things i do is because i i want to be the best version of myself and so this conversation right here is going to be an ebook. Yes. And I want to know for future reference. Okay. Ebook. Who yes. do you think should read this? I'm a male, so maybe I think males will be easier easier to relate. Look, I'm big on mental health. We're just touching on stuff now, but there's really a lot of strategies I've actually done to get get my mind where it is today. Wow. So I think male, but also just how to talk about your feelings and the guys like if they're going to be listening, it's not about talking and get like like you don't have it doesn't make you weak and it's not weak to speak. People say that, but it's not like it's cool. Girls think it's sexy. If you can talk about your emotion, it's a, it's a turn on. It's attractive. And any guy who thinks it's weak is, you know, they're probably weak, to be honest. If, you, if there's ever a word, if you're ever going to call someone weak, it's probably someone who doesn't want to talk about how they feel, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that the best people, I guess, would, you know, be men. Mental health, men's mental health. Plus, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll post my workouts, especially, I think, focus on like how I grew my chest and all my favorite chest workouts. That could be fun. That so, could be very fun. Yeah. I'm sure everyone would love that. And yeah. Shamar Fitness is obviously about helping people. You spoke about that at the beginning. Yes. Yep. And, you know, giving them the right tools to be a better version of themselves. Yep. Um, so why is helping people something that's so important to you? I mean, it's cemented in my values. It makes me happy. You know, we've gotten some great feedback from some of these eBooks. We've had people saying that, you know, they were suicidal and now they're not. And man, that, that gives me goosebumps. Yeah. I can't give you a direct answer to, but I just... Me saying that to you gives me goosebumps. That's the answer, you know. Knowing that someone could be sad and angry and hurt and you have done something to change that, it's, it's power, right? That's power. To, that's a powerful thing. That's powerful. And I think that as cliche as it sounds, it I do it selfishly. It makes me happy. It gives me joy helping others. So, you know, I do it selflessly and selfishly. It's funny when you... Because people say they do things, they're selfless, but... It's funny when you say it out loud. Because you do it for yourself, right? You, yeah. I'm so excited to be a part of it and I'm so excited to see where... Shmar Fitness goes in the future. Me too. Is there anything else that you want to add that you feel like you want to mention? No, look, I um, this has been, I think, 
look, personally, this has been really cool talking to you. And there's definitely people that can benefit from from things I talk about. So I, I think that I should talk about it more. And I think this has made me realize that. So I think this is, again, self-development. This has been really cool for my self-development. So thank you, Kaylee, for doing this with me. It's cool. Anytime. It's been really great chatting to you. And I'm excited. Okay. All right. Let's end it there. Laters. Thank you so much for joining us in our very first podcast episode featuring the motivated and inspiring Will Schmar. If you'd love getting to know Will, you can follow him on Instagram at Will Schmar. As for us, make sure you subscribe or follow. And if you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star review. We are also on Instagram at Evolve Official. That's E-V-U-L-V Official. So make sure you follow us there to keep up to date. Or you can visit our website at edulv.com. See you in our next episode. Thank you.